Hello friend, I created this podcast because I want to serve busy souls like you, looking to up level and live your best life. I chose 9 minutes because everyone has 9 minutes and the number 9 signifies serving humanity, good karma and providing a positive example. In this podcast, I connect you with some of the most influential and successful people in the world who are excited to share their number 1 advice or success tip with you to help you live your best life. All right, today we have an amazing lady who I know personally for a long time, one of my favorite people, Nina Totenberg. A little bit about her, I could go on and on about her for 9 minutes straight. A little bit about her, she's the legal affairs correspondent for NPR, primary focus on Supreme Court, NPR magazine, um Vanity Fair calls her as the queen of leaks. Newsweek calls her creme de la creme, and uh, Esquire calls her as women we love. She is amazing, my friend Nina Totenberg. Nina, thank you, and welcome to my podcast. I should tell everybody that in the years that you and I uh, worked together, you were my you were my trainer slash physical therapist. Before I finally broke down and had a back operation, uh, but uh, my husband used to say that I don't know what's wrong with me. He'd say, "This gorgeous stud of a guy shows up at the front door. He goes upstairs to my wife's bedroom. He spends an hour there, and he come and I hear them laughing, and then he comes downstairs, and I don't have any objections." <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, Nina. So you know how this podcast works, Nina. What is your number one advice that you want to share everybody and anybody in the world with? Well, I mean, it's um, you know, for young people, I always tell them, uh, choose your battles carefully because you only have so many you can have, and in any employment setting, you have to figure which are the battles that you really want to shed blood for uh, and really fight for and which are the ones that just tick you off and you should overlook. And they're probably the latter are outnumber the former by many times, but that's what makes it so important to be able to have the capital to make a battle over something that you think is wrong or should be changed or something like that at work uh or even in your in even in a marriage it's the same advice i give to friends who when they're young people when they're getting married you have to pick your battles it's a good life um lesson and i didn't always know that lesson i fought every battle when i was in my early 20s and i would have to say that's not really a wise thing to do because then people take you less seriously you have to figure out what's worth fighting for Nina speaking about battles Nina you battled the biggest giants in the world you battled the chief justice you battled the presidents how do you do do it and where do you get all that power from well i don't think i've ever actually battled the chief justice that would be hard on my beat but i have on occasion battled presidents not man to man or woman to man but they have disliked what i've done sometimes i've broken stories that were inconvenient for them i've broken stories about 
nominees to the Supreme Court who were subsequently had to withdraw. And in one case, uh, Justice Thomas, who was confirmed. And so I'm, you have to figure that I'm not in the business I'm in to make friends. I'm like everybody else. I like to be liked, but my job is to be true to the facts and to try to find them out and to present them as fairly as possible. And that is my job. And if it pisses people off sometimes, I don't like that. If they get really angry, it's a very uncomfortable position to be in. And I have on occasion shed tears over it. But my job is my job. Nina, uh, speaking about battles, such a great advice for young kids. We don't know when to pick up a battle, when to pick up a poison, sort of. How do you, is there any suggestion, guidance, especially in our relationships or marriages or work? How can we go about doing that? Well, it's not always easy because you're not used to, in relationships, it's it's particularly difficult, especially the you know, I've been married twice. My first husband died after we were married almost 20 years. And, um, and I remarried. And I have a wonderful husband. I've had, had the blessing of being married to two really kind and generous human beings. But I knew better how to be married the second time around. The first time around, I had never really lived with anybody for a long time. I had not ever been, the idea of marriage is, is forever. And so when you marry somebody, you don't have, you should not be thinking of it as a, that you have a way out. And I certainly never did. My parents were married for 50 years or so and until my mother died. And I had a lot of stupid fights with my first husband the first few years that we were married. And I look back on that as, you know, I, I, we eventually actually went to see a counselor over it to figure it out. And I think we both got a pretty good understanding of, of where we were coming from. But some of them were really royally stupid. And now I would never have a fight over uh, where to put that painting. I'll make myself, my views known. My husband probably would compromise with me. but. He once said that he had a terrible fight with his first wife. His, he was also a widow. He was widowed um, with his previous wife about the wallpaper she chose for the, for the hallway. I would never have that fight. I would, I, neither one of us would. We would say, okay, you don't like this? Okay, let's find one we both like. Yeah. I mean, it's really not very hard. <laughs> but you have to, somehow when you're not used to doing that, there's some sense of self involved in the choice that you've made so that anybody questioning it, you think is questioning you. I think that's what it boils down to. And it has nothing to do with that. It has to do often with taste or um, what your job is for that moment. Um, my, my late husband really hated that I had to work late sometimes. And he would say to me things like, couldn't you do this story tomorrow? No, I, I work on deadline. And he never understood that. My, my husband now is, is a trauma surgeon and he understands the meaning of the word emergency. 
Emergency, emergency. I work emergency, essentially, in journalism. He works emergency in medicine. And so we're both very forgiving of one another. And when we're not, we are, it's easy to say to somebody who says, you know, you need to come home. Um, I, I could say to David, uh, I would never ask you to come home from the OR. And he goes, got it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so I think you have to look at it from the other person's eyes as well. How would they feel? And how do you feel? And how can you reach some sort of equanimity? Awesome, Nina. Nina, we got one minute. I want to ask you a quick question. Going back to something that I saw online about your 2018 graduate speech, and you said, do your duty in 45 seconds. What, can, what do you mean by do your duty? What I meant by that was I had in mind my, my late husband's end-of-life period, which was almost five years, where he had suffered a bad head injury. And, and I really had to take care of him. And my friends took care of me in turn, and him sometimes. They would, one time I was away, and he crashed in the hospital, and Cokie Roberts went flying over there to be with him until I got back from where I was out of town. And I realized from that experience that you do your duty to people and it makes, it's a gift to you, not just to them. And that you will be repaid in turn a thousand times over by others who will do their duty to you. Uh, who, people who took care of me during his, while he was sick for five years and, and afterwards, after he died, I loved him. But, you know, there are times, even though you love somebody, where it's a trying time. It's hard to take care of somebody who's already ta always taken care of you. But I, afterwards, it was a great relief to know that I always did take care of him. And that I did the right thing. Awesome, Nina. Nina, I love it. Uh, there's no need to battle over wallpaper covers, co colors because it's not going to matter tomorrow or the next year. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. We are right up on nine minutes. I'm so grateful, so <laughs> glad. You're amazing. You're, you are a light bulb to the room, light bulb to the society. So I'm grateful and thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this entire podcast. This podcast brought to you by NaveenHealth.com. I got three takeaways from this podcast. Choose your battles. Look from the other person's eye. Number three, it's our duty and responsibility to take care of ourselves. My interpretation of that is you cannot take care of your family, your kids, your husband, your loved ones with an empty cup. So you have to fill your cup. Filling your cup is take care of your responsibility. That is sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, correct moments. When you take care of yourself, your cup is full, then you can take care of everyone else. Thank you so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you are the kind of person who loves to help others and you found value in this podcast, Please do share with your friends and your family. I know if you found value, they will too. 
I believe we should always strive to be the best version of us. Let's pay it forward and help more people. If you would please leave a great review on iTunes or the podcast platform you are listening, I'd be grateful. That will enable me to reach more people to serve, people who are looking for their next level of success in life. Together, we can transform the world. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at podcast at naveenhealth.com and through my social media. 